Hey, it's Christine. Happy to be here with you this week. On this week's episode, we are talking about attachment theory. If this is something you haven't heard about before, I'm excited for you to learn about it today because it is such a powerful tool when it comes to our relationships and particularly, you know, our very close relationships, whether that be romantic or close friendships or family dynamics. Um, It is such a massive part of who we are. And though that may seem sort of, you know, just on the side of emotional health, it really actually impacts our physical health. You know, when you think about the things that stress us out of course you know work comes to mind and you know dealing with all the things going on in the world but also how we sort of move and you know deal with our relationships on a daily basis are are actually probably some of the biggest ways that we are uh, stressed out and really really get caught in these patterns that are not useful so that is you know what attachment theory is all about these patterns and based on a lot of what you know happened in your childhood some of it you may not really remember and then how you are sort of attached to the people in your life as an adult so if you've heard about it before then you're still going to learn something new today especially the part that is connected to our hormone health but if you haven't heard about it before you're going to learn a ton and by the end of the episode you will definitely know you know what kind of attachment style you have before we go into the episode i did want to let you know about a few upcoming things so first off i have my monthly webinar free webinar that is happening on may 18th just checking the calendar yes it is may 18th at 12 p.m eastern standard time this month we are focusing on fibroids and what you know fibroids are all about i did a recent episode sort of covering about my new fibroid program but we're going to talk about some of the big stuff that is important to know when you found out you have a fibroid and you may or may not know what approach to take you may have your doctors telling you one thing you may be scared there may be just a lot of turmoil going on and i want to get you really empowered around the choices that you're going to make when it comes to your fibroids so if you do have a fibroid if you know somebody else that has a fibroid that's struggling right now please share this uh, webinar with them free webinar may 18th at 12 p.m eastern standard time of course if you can't make that time still go ahead and register because you will get the replay link um, after that that you can watch for you know a few up to a few days after that so that is coming up I also have another really cool retreat um, that I'm going to be a part of coming up in August and there'll be more information soon about that but it is um, going to be in Hot Springs North Carolina which is a pretty amazing place so stay tuned to my Instagram in particular because I believe tomorrow we're going to start um, releasing some information about that my friend Sadie who is an amazing yoga instructor and all around just incredible um, health I don't want to use a guru because she's you know I guru is not my word but a person that really understands health from a deep and powerful and 
healthy perspective because I think there's so many things, you know, that are put on health that actually aren't healthy. And she really is so well-rounded when it comes to these things and really inhabiting your body, um, loving your body and moving it in a way that feels good to you. So that is going to be an amazing women's retreat. I was just a part of one last weekend. If you've been keeping up with the podcast, I did one, um, with, Oops, something just dropped. Sorry about that noise. Um, M's um, School of Art. She has this Creative Intentions Retreats happening, and I was there last weekend. If you aren't on my newsletter, um, go ahead and grab a spot via my website because we've got some good pictures from that. It's such an amazing thing, I got to say, to be a part of this retreat and just really connect with women. And there's so much going on for women right now in the world and for us to be able to have safe spaces to discuss this and really bond with each other and know that we're not alone in it it's it's powerful y'all so highly recommend you know um checking out further retreats i'll share um from m and her creative intentions retreat and then of course this one coming up with sadie in the not fall later in the summer um let me think is there anything else that i want to talk about right now as always you can check out if you need some more information you know you're just starting on your hormone journey i do have an online hormone school that you can go to through my website christinegarvin.com or direct link christinegarvin.thinkific.com it's probably easier just to go through my website and i've got lots of webinars and presentations and the um, hormone summits that i've done and you know, full on programs on there. So I hope that you have a chance to check that out and see if any of that will be helpful for you. I know there's other things coming up, but I'll just share that as they come closer. So go ahead and sit back and enjoy this episode with Elizabeth Gillette. Hey there, and welcome to Hormonally Speaking. I'm your host, Christine Garvin, a functional health coach. Each week, I speak with an incredible guest expert on all things women's hormones. We're here to empower you to take back control of your body, health, and well-being, and to learn about the latest in research and solutions when it comes to getting your hormones happy. No part of this podcast should be construed as medical advice, and we always recommend working with a professional practitioner to figure out what's best for your body. Now let's dive in with today's guest. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Hormonally Speaking. So glad to have you here as always. This week, we're doing a little something different, though, in my opinion, it's not really um, off topic in any form or fashion. If you've you know been around here for a while or you've been a part of any of my programs, you know how important working through things like trauma and you know other stuff that we have dealt with in our childhood and in our teenage years and adulthood in terms of how that really impacts our hormones in such a big way, you can't get away from these systems and these emotional aspects that are going to really make a big difference when it comes to your hormone world. A lot of us, you know, want the sort of diet to to eat and the supplements to take and how to move our bodies, but just as important is this sort of emotional component and working through what we're going to talk about today, which is just a fascinating thing. Um, For me, I just actually learned about attachment theory probably just a few years ago. And today we actually have a, an 
expert on attachment theory here with us. Her name is Elizabeth Gillette, and she is an LCSW, and she's an attachment specialist. In her therapy and coaching practices, she supports her clients in developing secure ways of relating and improving their relationships by breaking old patterns and establishing healthy connections with integrity. Elizabeth is the author of Attachment Theory Workbook for Couples, which we're definitely going to talk about today, a resource that offers a framework for understanding attachment theory and interactive exercises and tools individuals and couples can utilize to create expansive, spacious, and connected relationships. You can find her at her website, elizabethgillette.com. Welcome. Thank you so much, Christine. I'm so happy to be here with you. This is really an exciting topic to talk about. Yes, it so is. And and like I said, I just really learned probably a few years ago about attachment theory. And this is something that I feel like we all should know and understand more about, and I'm sure you feel the same way. So let's just start there. What is attachment theory? And and yeah, how do people sort of find themselves with different attachment styles? Mm-hmm. So attachment theory is really, it's, it's a framework for attempting to understand how our early relationships impact our adult relationships. And by early relationships, we're talking about Yes, our, our relationships with our caregivers for sure, but also our, you know, elementary age relationships and our teenage relationships and maybe relationships in our early 20s, they all shape how we feel about ourselves and how we feel in the world. And when, when we're looking at, you know, some of the early research on attachment theory, it really is rooted in those like very early relationships, but we recognize that it's a thread, you know, just mm-hmm. like anything else. Mm-hmm. And so in attachment theory, there are four basic attachment styles. Secure is the attachment style that we're all working towards. And even those of us who find ourselves in a mostly kind of secure place, there's always things that we can do to feel more settled and more confident in our relationships. And people who have the secure style, they're looking at the world and they feel safe. They feel like they belong. They feel like they're welcomed. They feel that way in their relationships too, right? They're able to bring in this sense of flexibility, this sense of sort of like calm and peace, even Mm. if there are moments of disconnection or, you know, arguments or, you know, things like that, that always arise in any relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, people who have the avoidance style, which is the next most common, um, people who have that style are more likely to feel like they need a lot of space in relationships. They feel like they process things more effectively when they're on their own versus mm-hmm. when they're kind of processing in relationships. And a lot of that happens because in their early childhood experiences, they may have been related to in ways that were sort of emotionally unavailable or maybe a little bit harsh, um, or maybe we're even focused on achievement instead of just being the person that you are in the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so for those reasons in adulthood, relationships can feel kind of overwhelming sometimes for them. It can feel, it can feel a little bit too vulnerable. It can feel like too much. And so you might see them shutting down, pulling away. And I really just try to emphasize with that attachment style that people who have that come by it, honestly, Mm. it's, it's something that results from childhood experiences that were that were particularly challenging. So I always like to name that. And then the anxious attachment style, which I find in lots of folks who come to my um, therapy and coaching practices is basically where 
your nervous system is activated a lot of the time. So you might find yourself, you know, the early stages of a relationship can feel super overwhelming, super activating where you're finding yourself, like your stomach might feel upset or you find yourself having obsessive thinking about the person or checking your phone a lot and those types of things. And a lot of that comes from really kind of inconsistent interactions in childhood. And again, this is not, I always say this when I talk about attachment theory, this is not blame or shame on our caregivers or our parents, right? right? Like everyone was doing their best. And we also recognize that if we have that inconsistency in our childhoods, we're always looking for these cues outside of ourselves to determine whether or not we're okay, whether Mm -hmm. we're safe, whether this relationship is stable. And we're always just looking for that sense of security and stability. Mm -hmm. And then the last attachment style is disorganized. And that style is kind of a mix of anxious and avoidant. Okay. And really the idea here is that for people with that style, oftentimes they had childhood experiences that may have been neglectful or very scary. There might've been violence in their family. There may have been substance use. Um, They were in a position where basically their survival system and their attachment system were really kind of fighting against each other. It was like this idea where we really want to connect with people who we love and who we care about, but they might also be pretty scary to us. And so you kind of see that's where that disorganized idea comes in. It's like, there's not a consistent way of relating. Sometimes we feel like we can approach, but then sometimes we have to avoid because the situation doesn't feel safe. So those are those, that's like the very superficial explanation of those styles. And you know, there are definitely, you can take lots of attachment quizzes online. There's all kinds of information out there. And I just really encourage people when, when you're Googling, mm-hmm. be very mindful of where the information is coming from, because there are some styles that are um, kind of discriminated against, I guess is mm. what I'll say is that it's very, there are some styles where people say, you know, especially the avoidance style, like don't date people with the avoidance style. And right. it's, it's like, well, we all, we all have kind of a slice of of the pie for all that's of what I, Yeah. That's what I was going to ask because, yeah. you know, as you were talking through, I was like, oh yeah, avoidant. And then I was like, oh yeah, anxious, you yeah. know? And I was like, <laughs> but I'm not sure like that I'm like full on. Yeah. So people can people kind of like ricochet throughout, depending on the situation, that kind of thing. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, it's very, very clear to us now that we can our attachment styles show up in many different ways mm-hmm. and in different relationships, right? So in my relationship with you, for example, I might be feeling a particular attachment style. And then in a relationship with another friend, I might be feeling something else. So mm. our, you know, we kind of have these early blueprints um, from our, our caregivers or our family members. And anytime we meet somebody who reminds us of those blueprints, we can yeah. shift into that style. That makes and sense. You know, yeah. I, the other thing I'll say too, is that with the attachment styles, there's a style called earn secure. Oh my right? goodness. Which is like, it's another, yeah. And basically yeah. what that is, is it's, it's demonstrating how we can heal from mm. any of these experiences that we've had and become more secure and really show up that way in our mm. relationships. I remember reading at some point that like 50% of people are secure. And I was like securely attached. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, yeah. It's so, it's an interesting figure, isn't it? It's yeah. like, 
Yeah. It's really, it's interesting to consider that because I think, yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. We can, we all have some of that secure style. Right. And we can all probably develop more. Right. I mean, because when you think about it, I feel like no matter how perfect the parent, right. There usually is some kind of issue. Either they're like too sort of like, I don't want to say taking too much care of their child, but maybe like too much overseeing everything or, you know, obviously the other side is like being too pulled away, but like, I mean, just being human is to mess up. Right. And like parents can't be perfect. And so I feel like that. I remember when I heard that about the secure attachment, I was like, how is that even possible? Just being human to be like that, that idea of I am securely attached all the time. Like I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm buying that. That's right. And I don't, and I don't know that I do either. Right. Yeah. Doing this work. I don't know that there's anyone who's securely attached all the time. Right. And I think that it's, it is just important for us to recognize what kind of, what brings up some of that nervous system activation? Mm -hmm. What what is it that happens in our relationships? And that's an opportunity for us to do a lot of observation of ourselves, of our interactions and, Mm -hmm. and focus on feeling as confident and calm as we can while, while still being engaged in the relationship. Right. Right. So I, I know this is a little left field, but as you were talking, I also was wondering, is there any connection with sort of introversion versus extroversion with the different styles? Yes. So it's such an interesting question because I've thought about this as far as introversion, extroversion, high sensitivity, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's so many different things that can be at play here. And I do think that with the introversion and extroversion, something that you were kind of talking about, which is parental involvement or caregiver involvement. If there is, if a child is somebody who really needs a lot of alone time and a caregiver is not attuned to that Mm -hmm. and doesn't recognize that that's what they need. If they consistently feel like their boundaries are intruded upon they're probably going to develop one of the more, you know, what we call insecure attachment styles, because Mm -hmm. so much of attachment is based on attunement, right? Our ability to see and recognize another person's emotional state Mm -hmm. and identify how we can show up in a way that feels supportive and is in alignment with what they're needing, right? Right. And what we're needing, that's what attunement is. And so if a, if a caregiver doesn't realize like my child's really introverted and they need a lot of space, they're probably going to feel intruded upon a lot and that's going to impact how they feel about themselves in the world, how safe they feel. Right. And whether they feel like their parent actually sees who they are and what they need. Right. That's a great question. So fascinating because yeah, the, all the different like tendrils that can come into that. Right. And thinking about parenting, you know, a two-year-old where you don't even fully know what the personality is like yet. And so figuring out what their needs are. Yeah. And this is why I'm just like, ah, I think we all have something to work with right, as adults because oh gosh, there's just so no way to perfection. Um, so before we continue talking about this amazing work, how did you find yourself doing this work? Yeah. So I, like most things, I came across it in a, in a personal way. Mm -hmm. And so I was finding in my relationships that I was feeling so anxious all the time. Mm. And, you know, some people talk about relationships, especially the beginning stages of relationships feeling so blissful and so exciting. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, I no, <laughs> I, I, I don't concur. understand who these people are or what they're talking about, because it is like, 
torture. Yeah. You're like, what's happening? Was, yeah. What's, right. what are they feeling? What am I feeling? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, what's going on? What are mm-hmm. they, you know, what are they thinking? Do they like me? Are they interested? Right. So yeah. much of, I was recognizing, I was just losing myself yeah. in these, in these relationships. And, you know, we can look back and I feel so much sadness for, for myself, you know, for example, in college, being in relationships, mm-hmm. thinking like, what was I thinking? And Mm so, you know, I was in my mid twenties. I was actually in the beginning stages of my relationship with my now partner of um, almost 11 years. And yeah. And so we, you know, we were in this place and I was just finding that I kept being activated and I could not figure out what it was that was going on. And so a friend gave me a copy of hold me tight by Sue Johnson, which I highly recommend. And she talks in that book all about attachment theory. She talks about the cycles in attachment theory, which I hope we'll get to later mm-hmm. in, in this conversation mm-hmm. and how we, how we show up in these relationships and why. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I mean, I felt like my mind was just blown open at that point and I couldn't get enough of it. And mm-hmm. I was working with young children at that point. So looking, you know, at attachment theory from a different lens, but really started to consider it in, in adults and, Mm -hmm. um, became interested in emotionally focused therapy, which is a modality for couples. And, um, you know, really at that point I was just, I was so, so into it and so recognizing how important it is for all of us to understand what our relational patterns are. I just couldn't get enough of it. So that's how, that's how I landed in that. Nice. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've definitely been a, um, what are you, whatever you call it, like just personal, you know, introspection, (laughs) like rabbit hole for years and years of my life, you know, from the Enneagram on, you know, astrology, et cetera. Um, And when attachment theory came up, it's like, yeah, this is such a, I mean, really basic thing that we should know and understand about ourselves, right? The, those patterns that we easily fall into, which sometimes I think with like, I mean, I love the Enneagram, but I think, you know, people can sort of overuse that of like, well, I'm, so I'm a four and it's like, oh, well, because I'm a four, this is why I acted this way, you know, versus like understanding, okay, so this is, what happened, you know, in my life to kind of get me to this place. And so how do I work with that differently and not like over-identify and over-attach or over-attach right. <laughs> exactly. in a different way, right? A different yeah. kind of attachment. Yeah, and yeah. I love that because yeah. it really is, it's so workable. Yeah. And some of these patterns are going to be more challenging to change. I'm not, I'm not going to make it seem sure. easy. Yeah. Um, it's not easy, but I feel like the, the commitment and the and the devotion to the practice of showing up and observing yourself and calming your nervous system, mm-hmm. right? It's like all of these different pillars that we are, that we're working with so that we can start to see the shift and start to see the change. And so much of it is slowing down and understanding what it is that's happening and naming it out loud. Right, right. So I definitely want to talk about how it impacts health here in a minute, but just kind of going off of what you were saying and what your book is about is working with couples on this area. And so can you kind of walk us through what a little bit of that would look like with a couple? Yeah, for sure. So, so much of this, I think in the beginning is understanding what attachment theory is and Mm -hmm. understanding what your attachment style tends to be, Mm -hmm. or at least in the relationship that you're wanting to work on, Mm -hmm. you know, like recognizing that. And one of the most common relational patterns is 
is called the anxious avoidant dynamic. Okay. And so you can imagine, right? Yes. One partner, the anxious partner, really pursuing, really wanting connection, really wanting a lot of closeness and physical affection and an avoidant partner saying like, wow, this is overwhelming for me. It's too much. I need space. I need something else. It's too vulnerable. So shutting down, pulling away. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's that sort of like run and chase kind of dynamic. That is, it's so painful. It's so painful to be in and it's, it's challenging to change. And so the workbook is really clear about understanding what these patterns are, right? Mm -hmm. And then understanding, helping people to understand what needs to happen in order to shift those dynamics. So Mm -hmm. a lot of it is bringing to the surface and bringing to the conversation emotions or feelings or experiences that may not have been verbalized before. Mm -hmm. So we kind of take for granted, I think in some ways, where our partner is coming from or what they've been through, or even our own experiences, right? We're just Mm -hmm. sort of we assume like, oh yeah, this thing happened to me, but oh, it's not a big deal. Right. <laughs> right? right. Or we do the thing kind of like you were talking about, which is over-identifying sometimes and saying, oh, this thing happened to me and it defines mm-hmm. who I am and how I am in relationships. Mm-hmm. And so we're really looking to create more of a balance in partnerships. And when we have a tool that we can use that helps us really slow down and, and get clear and have the support of, you know, this like foundational right. support. I think that really helps us because so often in relationships, we're kind of winging it. Yeah. Right. Like we're out here, we're doing our best. We're trying, but we get hijacked emotionally or we fall into our old patterns and we just then keep repeating things. And that is not what we're wanting to do. We're not wanting to reinforce any of those old patterns if we don't have to. So the book is really meant to be a guide to help us move into some, you know, uncharted territory in our relationships so that we feel more confident and we feel like we have a structure that allows everyone in the relationship to feel safe. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking as you were talking about how, you know, you mentioned before in the beginning of relationships where you feel all this anxiety when other people would feel bliss. Um, and I can see, you know, I mean, I know there's a whole different level of things that come the longer that you're in relationship, obviously, you know, all old kind of triggers can come up and stuff, but yeah. How would you recommend someone just getting into a relationship? Should they try and work with that, you know, with their partner directly on that, or should they kind of be working more one-on-one with someone like you? Oh, that's such a good question. So I think it can feel, it can feel a little intimidating in an early relationship yeah. to say, let's work on our attachment yeah. pattern. Yeah. <laughs> and the other person, right? the, the avoidant one is like, uh, no. I'm out, right? Like <laughs> I am out. Yep, and yep. so I do think, I do think there's space though, to be having those types of conversations mm-hmm. with people that we're in relationship with and say, Hey, I've been working on this thing. Or do you know anything about attachment theory? I'm right. curious about what your style is. If you've heard of this. And, you know, I think there's something about, having conversations that can feel really helpful and just Mm -hmm. bringing the, bringing that languaging into Mm -hmm. our relationship dynamics. And I do think that there's something so powerful about working on our relationship patterns when we're single, Mm -hmm. right. Or when we're in an early relationship so that we're really clear about what it is that is happening for us. And it may not feel like we have the uh, relational stability yet to do that within the context of our Mm -hmm. relationships. And so that's where I think that working with, you know, a therapist or a coach or somebody who specializes in this work can feel really supportive so that Mm -hmm. you don't feel like you're alone Mm -hmm. as you're navigating those things. 
Right, right. And I was also thinking about how, you know, I can ricochet, like at the beginning of a relationship, I could definitely ricochet between that um, avoidant and anxious. And I don't know if it would be considered disorganized, but that like within like a couple of weeks span, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> the intensity of, of like, you know, being anxious because you don't know what this other person feels about you, but then you feel like they're being avoidant. So like that kicks you into avoidant too. <laughs> so much of it is like self-protective, right? I mean, right. even as you're describing it, I'm hearing that so clearly. Yeah. That feeling of like, I really want to know what's going on. And yeah. since I can't understand what's happening with them, I'm assuming, yes, I'm assuming the worst, right? Yeah. Which is that yeah. maybe they're not interested in me. And so I need to pull back to protect mm. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what this work is, right? It's really mm-hmm. naming those things out loud and saying, oh, I'm seeing what's happening here, right? Mm-hmm. I'm gaining insight into what mm-hmm. my patterning is. Yeah. And, and not just believing that. that it's truth. Exactly. That, yeah. yeah. Because our patterning shapes our beliefs, mm-hmm. right? And our early attachment styles shape our beliefs about mm-hmm. who we are in the world and how safe we are, mm-hmm. right? And how mm-hmm. we feel about ourselves. So we have to be able to dig into that and recognize when it's an old pattern versus when it's the reality of our current situation. Right. Right. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see how this work, I mean, it's interesting because I'm actually working on some attachment stuff with my therapist, um, who's more somatic therapy, you know, um, related, but like, it sometimes feels like the work can be never ending, right? It does feel that way. like yeah. every step we take makes a difference. Yes. Yes. And, and I want to qualify what I just said with, you know, the same thing is true with hormones. Like, I mean, people were like, oh my God, it feels like it's never ending. And it's like, well, because it is a journey, like all of this is a journey. It's not meant to just be like, okay, I did my work. I'm done. Everything's all good. You know, it's just like, this is what we're called to do to, um, really grow in our lives. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So can you tell me a few ways that attachment style actually can impact our health? Mm -hmm, For sure. So I think some of the things we've touched on a little bit and they're worth expanding on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of those ways really has to do with stress, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and I want to name this too, because you just mentioned somatic therapy and Mm -hmm. so much of this work, I think when it's done really well, Mm -hmm. it involves our bodies It involves our physical cues, right? Like we really need to be tapped in to what is happening internally so that we can understand how to respond appropriately mm-hmm. in the moment. Mm-hmm. So stress is a huge factor when it comes to yeah. when it comes to our health and being able to recognize the emotional triggers that arise and then what happens to us physically is yes. is a really important thing. Absolutely. And you know, regardless of what your attachment style is, you're going to experience stress, but some of us internalize the stress and some of us externalize the stress. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that's really something to pay attention to and notice. And I think, especially for people who have the anxious style, you might feel that stress more acutely. You might be able to recognize it more acutely, but people who have the anxious style, or I'm sorry, the avoidance style also have stress. Mm -hmm. They're just managing it differently. Differently. Maybe pushing it down a little bit, pushing it down. That's exactly right. Whereas people with anxious style tend to really amplify Mm -hmm. those feelings of stress and that can make it feel even worse. Right. But it's like, that's what we need to do to get 
the care that we deserve to have, right. Or the recognition that we need in right. our relationships. Right. So yeah. So the stress piece I think is really, really yeah. big. Yeah. And I just to sort of add on to that, you know, I, I talk a lot on the podcast and other places about the HPA axis, which is hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, right? And how much that impacts our hypothalamus pituitary and ovarian axis, which if you're talking sex hormones, we're talking about, you know, for women, we're talking about the HPO axis and really, you know, so much of what impacts both of these is how our brain views a situation, and that stressful situation that kicks off this whole cascade and feedback loop of, you know, specifically like high cortisol, if you are in that sort of anxious stress state a lot of the time, right, which has a whole cascade of effects from our immune system to shutting down our sex hormones. Um, and then eventually, you know, and I can speak from personal experience of, you know, not just, not just from my attachment styles, but from the combination of all the things that eventually that cortisol will kind of plummet down because of that feedback loop. Um, and I'm glad that you brought that up because, and this is kind of what I was referring to in the beginning is we often think about, okay, my work stress, or even just like my kids driving me crazy stress or my partner, like whatever, but we don't, think about this sort of like underlying. And a lot of times I'll just refer to it as trauma because that's kind of overarching. Right. But within that realm, there are all of these things like attachment styles that are kicking us off to how we sort of act and react in life, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, I can think of a, one client in particular, like she's been doing all the, you know, all the things right, quote unquote, you know, with the diet and the, the supplements and the, and this and that, but like getting underneath her stuff of that high anxiety, you know, really is coming back to things like attachment style. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. And when you think about Gosh, I'm just, I'm just trying to process everything yeah. you just said. So, I just said a lot. So I threw a lot at you. Oh my, I love it though. I'm just like integrating it into everything that I know. And just, it's just so potent. Mm -hmm. um, but just thinking about how central relationships are to our lives, mm -hmm. right? And how often, I mean, I think about in a day, how many times I can be activated, right? Mm -hmm. How many times my nervous system can be activated mm -hmm. with, with stress in, in relationships, right. Just being a regular human person out in the world. Right. And so, exactly. and if we're not aware of what might be happening or what we need or how we can approach ourselves with kindness and compassion and care, then yeah. we're going to walk around being activated pretty All often. Yep. Right. And our mm -hmm. bodies, our bodies feel that, and our bodies are registering that as, yep. you know, like a survival reaction. Like we need to be doing this to, to get ourselves through the world. Absolutely. And what's fascinating too, is, you know, there's research that shows how we view a situation will trigger either cortisol or stress hormone, or if we see a situation, you know, for example, as exciting instead of like stress inducing, then more DHEA, which is mm -hmm. a, kind of our anti-aging hormone and, you know, um, our building back up hormone while cortisol kind of breaks things down. So we'll release more DHEA. And this is where I think work like this is so important, right? Because so much, 
you know, I talk about this actually in my hormone breakthrough blueprint. One of the sections is mindset, right? But I, I always say you can't really get to mindset until you work on the underlying things, traumas, et cetera. Right. And this is the work that you do. So this is for anybody that's like been in that program or is going to be in that program in the future. I kind of want to put a fine point on this because you have to do that work. You have to understand your patterns. You have to be able to see what's happening so you can consciously choose something different. And then mindset really comes into play. Right. Cause you're like, okay, I know this. So I can kind of switch this thing, like in the process, right? Like from a, from a true place, not from a, like, I'm trying to be overly positive place. Cause I don't believe this, that, you know, I'm just going to be positive is going to work. That's right. 100%. And so I think you're also speaking to something, you know, in the attachment world, which is that when we start to really develop more of that earn secure attachment mm-hmm. style, we recognize the disconnections that we have in relationships as opportunities to learn about ourselves, to learn about other people, mm-hmm. to become even more secure, mm-hmm. right? And to mm-hmm. really be aware of what it is that's happening and be curious about it. Mm-hmm. Because when we're in that shutdown mode or that yeah. you know really intense stress mode, yeah. we can't be curious. And curiosity right. is a really important aspect of secure attachment. Absolutely. And I actually like that word better than excitement because I think that can more easily maybe flip the script. You can't always be like, I'm excited this thing is happening, right? But (laughs) if you are curious, that can sort of take on the same thing, right? And that can flip sort of what your hormones are doing at the same time. So I like that word. I'm, I'm yeah. going to use that one. <laughs> yes, it's so good because it's also just, as we're talking about, it's like naming what's going on where you're able to say to yourself, what just happened there? Yeah. Yeah. And you're able to say to your partner, for example, like what just happened? I just noticed, yeah. I saw that you, you know, kind of pulled away from me when we were yeah. having the conversation and I'm wondering what happened for you. Do you right. speak to that? Right. Which is way different than oh my gosh, you just pulled away from me. You always do this, this, you know, it's a very different approach and it matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I talk to women all the time about, okay, so you've got to figure out ways to get out of your sympathetic nervous system and into your parasympathetic nervous system and, you know, doing things like meditation and visualization and all those are great, right? Take five to 10 minutes a day to do that. But the reality is that's not enough. You know, you have to do this kind of deeper work if you really want to level out your nervous system, which as we kind of, you know, got to is such a, I mean, there's so many components to hormones. Like, let me not just say, of course, that it's just about stress, but it's such a huge overriding aspect because of our evolution and how our body works. You know, I always tell women like your body doesn't want you to get pregnant when you're running from a saber tooth tiger, you know, like, and whether you want to get pregnant or not, (laughs) you know, many women obviously don't want to be getting pregnant, but that is what a cycling woman's body wants to do, right. Have the safety to be able to do that. And when you don't feel safe, then that whole system can't work right. Because it's like, your body's like, we ain't got time for that. We have to keep it alive. Yeah, we can't devote our resources to that, right? Right. And I think, I mean, it's the same kind of thing where we recognize that we are, when we're in a place where we're feeling unsafe in our emotional world, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not saying that we necessarily feel unsafe in our relationship, but if we don't feel safe enough 
to be able to communicate our needs or we're not used to communicating our needs Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever it is, that's really, it's going to interfere with us having the type of healthy connection that we Mm -hmm. want to have. Mm -hmm. So I, I am wondering about, you know, the kind of typical couple that you may see, you know, some of the time the anxious and avoidant, can it be a struggle to get the avoidant to therapy? (laughs) Yes, it definitely can be at times. And I understand that, right. When you think about what therapy is and what that's going to look like for a person who has the avoidant style, right. I mean, we're talking so much about how we view things, right. Right. It probably feels very terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I don't blame them. And so one of the things that I really focus on is helping the person who has more of that avoidance style to feel safe, mm-hmm. right. And to recognize that like, we are here to be curious. We're not here to make anybody do anything different. I'm not here to make you share your deepest, mm-hmm. darkest, you know, thoughts and Stuff. secrets and yeah. everything else, you know, it's like, I really focus on being a safe and secure person for both, mm-hmm. both of the people in the relationship. Right. And then yeah. we're working together on the relationship, we're not focusing so much on, well, you did this and you did this. It's more like, this is the challenge that's arising in the partnership. So let's work on the relationship. And I think that that really, it can take the pressure off a little bit of anybody coming to therapy. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because I think that's what so many people are scared of is like, I may be called out on this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And if you're coming from this place of like, no, this is the, just the, you know, experience that I have because of my background. And this is an experience you have because of your background. Then it's like that blame and shame game is not part of the process. For sure. And yeah. I think too, that it's, you know, it's worth naming that um, anybody who has any of the insecure attachment styles, yeah. right. The anxious avoidant or disorganized, we all have work to do, right? So oftentimes if I am seeing a couple who comes in where one partner is more anxious and one partner is more avoidant, the anxious partner is definitely going to be more vocal Mm -hmm. about what it is that's Mm -hmm. happening in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that person, the anxious person also has a lot of things that they can be working on to shift how they're showing up in that dynamic. So I want to be clear about that, that like what we're doing in our work together is really bringing a sense of balance and safety and trust Mm-hmm. to the relationship so that both partners can feel like they can approach the other mm-hmm. with that felt sense of safety in their bodies and in their nervous systems, because we all have work to do. Absolutely. <laughs> that is for sure. So earlier you mentioned something about cycles. Yes. Yeah. So one of the things I, I really, I want to credit Sue Johnson because she really talks about relational, the relational cycles that happen and attachment cycling. And so she mm-hmm. talks about she, she has this framework. And if you pick up any of her books, you could probably even Google it. And she shows this, um, this loop that happens. And it looks like an infinity symbol where one, one partner's on one side and the other partner is on the other side. And we see how in moments of disconnection, we're really sort of like triggering our, our deep wounding of each other. Right. Mm -hmm. But on the surface, we're communicating something different. So Mm. it just kind of goes around and around and around where we say something that's maybe not quite naming what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then our partner feels really bad about what we just said, but then they show up and they say, or do something that's not quite the right thing. Mm -hmm. And that really hurts us. And so she's really naming how important it is kind of like you were talking about to get underneath the surface Mm -hmm. and understand 
what the argument or disconnection is really about. Yeah. Not just what's happening on a surface level. Yeah. Oh my God. That just makes so much sense to me just in my own life of times where, you know, I've totally felt this way internally. And then what came out of my mouth was like, almost the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. And it's like, it happens wow. to all of us. It happens yeah. to all of us. And yeah. again, it's like those self-protective mechanisms coming yeah. through and we're doing whatever we need to do to survive in that moment. Right. And so when we create a sense of safety and we're able to say, you know, this is what's really going on with me. Mm-hmm. And our partner is able to receive that and say, wow, I'm so glad you told me. Right. I didn't know it was about this. Right. That right. All, I mean, instantly the yeah. whole, the trajectory of that conversation is different. Just changes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so amazed and so excited that you have written a book um, to help couples on this, you know, because, and I can imagine even like deep, some deep friendships could probably utilize this, this book too. Right. Because it's like like family relationships, right. All, (laughs) all of those, you know, I mean, relationships, all this stuff comes up in. So, um, so yeah, where can people find your book? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's available on Amazon for Mm -hmm. sure. And then you can also order it through your local bookstore, which I love. Yes. Yes. So good. Um, so yeah, those are the places that it's available. And I also just want to name that I have lots of resources on my website. Mm -hmm. Um, I have virtual courses that are self-paced that are all about attachment styles and some support bundles, which are downloadable um, mini workbooks that you can use for yourself and in your relationship and lots of posts and information out there. I love it. I love all this information that you you're giving people. Are you going to take the book on a tour? Oh my goodness. That would be a dream. It's not in the, it's not in the works right now, but that yeah. would be, that would be something I would so love to do. Yes. Yes. I was like, take it around the country, especially to, you know, pockets of the country, maybe that haven't heard so much about attachment theory. Right? Oh my goodness. That would be so incredible. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, if anybody's listening out there that can like bring Elizabeth to your local bookstore, you know, give, give her a little shout out. Yep, I'm in, I'm in for sure. Oh, I also want to name, I love, um, I love Instagram. So if anybody oh, yeah. out there is on Instagram, my handle is Elizabeth.Gillette and okay. I post lots and lots and lots about attachment theory and healthy relationships. And I love connecting with people there. Nice. Perfect. I was going to ask if there was a social that you preferred over the others, you know, so we'll get all of those links too in the notes so people can just hit it directly and follow you and reach out to you and buy the book for sure. Very excited for you. Well, thank you so much for this amazing conversation today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. Yeah, I loved it. All right, you guys, I will see you next time.